On this week's episode of Real Estate Success, The Whistleway Podcast, Kyle and I dive deep into building a client retention system. We go through six main pillars of what you need to do to help your number one source be repeat and referral clients and really break it down to kind of help you get there. Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. Kyle, today on the podcast, I want to talk about client retention. We all get caught up often on the new lead source, the bright and shiny. I want to talk today about how do we take our past clients and turn them into repeat and referral business? Cool. Yeah, I mean, this is a, a topic I'm very passionate about. I've spoken in front of thousands of people over the years and asked this one question, and it's who in this room would rate their past client campaign a 10 on a scale of 1 to 10? And I'm yet to have a single person raise their hand. Then I'll ask the question, how many of you have been in the business for 10 years? People raise their hand, and then I say, keep your hands up. How many of you would attribute repeat and referral business to be two of your top three lead sources? So if you've been in the business 10 plus years, how many of you would put repeat and referral business as with your top three lead sources? And every single hand stays up. Not one hand goes down. So why are we worried about dancing on TikTok and, and doing all this other dumb shit when we don't have our past client campaign attend. Yeah. So that's what I want to hit on today. And so what's going to be really good about this is whether you've been in the business for 10 years and need to um, need a add to, kicking. yeah, or if you're brand new into this business or you just got your license or you're going to get your license, you can do a lot of things now to set yourself up so that when you have been in the business for 10 years, it will be far and above your number one lead source. So cool, let's kick it off. Awesome, well welcome to the Whistle Way Podcast. My name is Kyle Whistle with eXp Realty in San Diego. My name is Brian Kochi, Director of Marketing here at Whistle Realty Group. The goal of the show is to give you the tools, techniques, and tactics to go out there and crush it in your business. The way that we like to do that is to answer the questions that you have for us. So if you ever have a question, you wanna have it answered on a future episode of the podcast, you can always go to thewhistleway.com. You can ask us questions on there, subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel. Join our private Facebook group and email newsletter where we share a lot of tips and tricks and get on our referral network for all the people leaving California. Lastly, if you're looking to level up your game when it comes to media, both audio, video, and, and all things in between, we offer a course called the uh, Media Mayor Mastermind. You can also get more details on that at thewhistleway.com. Let's roll. So let's start. What, what does a good client retention system look like? Or what does a bad one look like? Um, a bad one is the one that doesn't exist. Okay. So, so we'll what needs there. to be included <laughs> and what do you need to make sure you get repeat and referral business? For sure. So there's, there's a lot of different like data out there. I don't even remember because most data is all made up anyway, Makes but there, up. there's some sort of, you know, data out there that says, um, 80% of people say they would use the same real estate agent again, that helped them buy their home. But in reality, it's less than like 20% actually do. So why is that, right? Well, why that is, is that when the transaction ends, they're on a high, like it's a high moment, like, oh, it was, we had a good experience. I really like working with Brian. It was great. Like, yeah, we'll totally sell our home with Brian again. They never hear from Brian again the rest of their life, ever. Um, not even a check-in like, hey, how's it going or how's life or anything, like zero. They never hear from him again. As a result, 
they only use that agent 20% of the time or less than 20% of the time. So why is there such a discrepancy? They say they would use them again 80% of the time, but only 20%, we'll just run with those numbers, um, but only 20% of the time do they. What have, where's that 60% fall off rate? And that 60% fall off rate is because most agents don't have any plan. And if you don't have, if you uh, fail to plan, then you plan to fail. So give me some so, of the pillars of this category, of this strategy. So, yeah. okay, so obviously a pillar is c- connect with them on some level. Yeah, like maybe add them on social media. Like cool. that might be a good place to start if you haven't already. And I, I find a lot of agents are, they feel weird about like adding their clients on social, which I think is weird. Like you're out there, you're talking to them. Like I had, once I meet somebody, I add them on social. Um, like it doesn't matter if it's a client or networking event, whatever. Like once I meet somebody, I typically add them to social the same day. Uh, so you should already be friends with them on social, but in the event that you are not friends with them on social, you should add them um, and then make a point to engage with them. Now, it's become harder. It used to be easy um, on Facebook because you could put people into list and you could look at a feed of only a list. You can't do that anymore. Um, what you can do on both Facebook and Instagram is they both have a favorites section. Uh, the only problem is you're limited to how many people you can put on there as favorites. So what I would encourage you to do if you work with a if you're brand new, all your past clients are going on favorites, but you're, you're going to get to a point where you max out the number of favorites that you have on Facebook and Instagram. So once you max out your favorites, then obviously start deleting the ones or removing the ones that are least likely to transact with you again and or refer business to you. Um, for me, the only people I put on my favorites are people that are extremely likely to work with me and or refer me business. So um, but that favorite section, the cool thing is you can load on uh, Instagram, you can load a feed of only your favorites. So you can make it really easy to see the content that your favorites are posting um, and not have it be so noisy with every person that you're following. You can see just a feed of your favorites. So then you want to go in there. I learned this sales strategy very early in my career called answer and ask or acknowledge and ask. So what my goal is when I'm loading that feed of favorites is I'm going in and looking for a post. And if they posted about little Timmy scoring his first goal in soccer, I'm going to acknowledge his goal and then ask a question like, Oh, that's so awesome that little Timmy scored his first goal. Where's he playing at? Right. Oh, that's a much better question than I thought. Isn't it like eight games in the season? This is his first goal. (laughs) I thought you were going that route. (laughs) Yeah. Like something like that. Right now. Uh, the parent is going to reply back like, oh, he's playing at uh, East County Surf. Oh, I've heard great things about it. Like, And now what happens is Instagram's like, oh, Kyle and Brian are engaging with each other. So now the next time Kyle posts, Brian probably cares what he has to say. So now show Kyle's post to Brian. So while I'm seeing Brian's post because he's in my favorites, by engaging with Brian, now Brian's going to see my post because Instagram sees us engaging. So on Instagram, you have your own separate feed for favorites. And then on Facebook, when you save somebody's a favorite, you could choose to have their post show up at the top of your feed. So anytime somebody uh, saves a favorite, or you save somebody as a favorite and they make a post, you'll see it at the very top of the feed. It makes it very easy to engage with. So it's not a separate feed like it is on Instagram, um, but it's at the top of the feed. Now, if you get to the point where this is for those high Cs, the, the very uh, analytical type that's listening to this, Um, or if you get to a point where you're brand new and you want to build this from scratch, um, one of the things that you can do is you can 
add like their their Instagram or Facebook link in your CRM under maybe a custom field or there might already be a field for it. And so you know every Monday you're going to go through and sort all your past your closed clients and go through and click on their Instagram link and engage with them there. Um, or if your CRM doesn't have that or have that ability or you want something different, I would just go into a Google Sheets, um, have the name of the client in one column, have their Instagram another column, Facebook another column, and that way you can go through and each time when you close, you just add them to that list and you can just click, 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 click on all the Facebook links, open up a m- new tabs and engage with them there. The same thing on Instagram, engage with them there. And you can say, hey, the first Tuesday of the month, I'm going to do this or the, the every Wednesday I'm going to do this. And that way, if you have a big list of 100 people and you want to do this every quarter or whatever, or before you launch a big post because you want to make sure you engage with them before you launch a big post about uh, your grand opening or your new program, I found that is another way that works really well for me. That's good. You haven't shared that before, but I think that's really good. Thanks. Yeah, if you're working with a CRM that doesn't allow like custom fields, you probably need a new CRM. Um, I that being or, said, or I really... somewhere you can put it in notes, somewhere that it's easy to access. But what people will do, Brian, is they'll, they'll have like a limiting belief. They're like, but then they're gonna know I'm doing it like by routine. They don't have a fucking clue. No. They have no clue that the first Monday of the month you're commenting on a post of theirs. So they have no clue. The only thing I would recommend is before you comment, make sure you see when that was posted. Yeah, don't and comment so, on something from six months ago because then it's creeper stuff. Yeah, um, or if you're commenting the same thing every Monday, <laughs> maybe don't do that. But uh, what I like about Google Sheets is you can select them all, I think right-click and hit open a new tab, and it'll open all of them in a tab. So open them, go get your coffee, come back, and they'll be all up and loaded. So that's cool. my strategy. So, all right. Yeah, social, that's just the biggest no-brainer, and it's free, and it's easy. Cool. Um, and then we gave you two different ways to systemize that. Uh, so number two on this is using a service like HomeBot. So HomeBot is a third-party service, um, and a lot of CRMs, like at our brokerage, our agents get KV Core. There's a, a similar feature built into KV Core. So whatever CRM you have likely has a seller update system built into it. Um, we like HomeBot. That's our favorite. The reason we like HomeBot is the amount of value it adds is the is higher than any other system I've seen out there because it'll give them an idea of what their home is worth, what's happening in the market, if they refied, what that would look like, if they want to rent it or short-term rent it. It shows them so much data that we found our sellers find that to be really valuable. And with it being valuable, they open it more. So uh, there's that. It integrates with most CRMs out there and will push updates you know, into the CRM. So uh, if a client opens it, I'm getting a notification inside Follow Boss that tells me Brian opened his HomeBot report. It also tells me not only he opened it, but what did he do once he opened it. So that's all really helpful information. And so the, the number one thing that homeowners want, which homeowners are also future sellers, is they want to know what their home is worth. Like I bought homes in Nashville and my realtor out there, Gary Ashton, like has me on HomeBot. Like I open the damn HomeBot every single month. of the time I open the HomeBot alerts. I open emails from just like from other websites of my previous condo that I have since sold. Like, here's what 123 Main Street is worth. I'm like, you still watch it. You don't even unsubscribe. You're like, ah, should have held that fucking thing. That's that's exactly my thought. Um, But yeah, I I open it still to this day. I'm like, I'm curious what it's it's worth. Even though I know it's not 100% accurate. And... no system is going to be 100% accurate. And if it was, you wouldn't have a job. Um, but at least it'll give you give a 
point of reference and give you an opening to have a conversation. And if they go, oh, yeah, it looks like our home went down to 150000 Oh, the system doesn't know that this, 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 and you can have that conversation. Um, so cool. I like that. Uh, yeah, a home and HomeBot, your, again, your CRM might have something built into it. If you need HomeBot, it's very inexpensive. Call your lender. They can help cover uh, a portion of the cost alongside you because it's mutually beneficial. So that one you could pretty easily justify a 50-50 cost spend on that. Cool. All right. So we got social. We've got uh, a home value tool like HomeBot. What else? Yeah. And then I think it, the key is just you got to connect with everybody in your database on a quarterly basis. Um, now, you could just do it via simple outreach phone calls. Like That's totally cool. Um, as long as you just reconnect with everybody in your database, a minimum of once a quarter with a call, you know, and if you don't talk to them, follow up with a text and an email. Totally cool. We call that CTE, call, text, email. It always has to happen in that order. Not text, then email, then call, like a lot of you sissies want to do because um, you're scared of this little little plastic thing right here. You're so scared. Or glass or metal, whatever your phone is made out of. Like You're scared to like put it up to your ear because they're going to like bite you. No, you got to actually like, talk to people. So call first, then text, then email. Um, for us, we, instead of just calling just to call, we do client events. We do four client events a year. Don't overthink this. If you have five clients, it's easier for you to do a client event than it is for me. <laughs> We've sold over 4,000 homes. Our last event, we had 1,300 people sign up to come to. Um, like that's chaos. That's a huge headache. So if you're like, well, I don't have as many people as you, you don't have to deal with as many headaches as lucky. I do. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You're very, very lucky trying to coordinate that with a hundred agents and all this stuff. It's, it's a nightmare. Um, so it's easier for you. So you could have like a, a fixed mindset and be like, Oh, I can't, I can't. Or you can have a growth mindset and be like, Oh, this is great. I, I have five right now. Like I bet I can get all five to show up and I can actually engage with all five of them. Where like when we do an event, I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off trying to talk to everybody. So it's easier if you're smaller. Um, so, so don't have that, that fixed mindset that says you can't because you're new or you're small. Start with smaller events and then, you know, over time it'll grow and grow and grow if you keep doing them. So we do four events a year. Um, when we do events, first thing we do is we uh, mail a physical invitation. They look very much like a wedding invitation. If you want to see a copy of our most recent invitation, shoot me a DM on Instagram at Kyle Whistle, and I will send you over a copy of uh, what our invitation looks like, just so you have some inspiration of what to do with that. Um, so we mail them an invitation, and then we email them an invitation, and then it's up to our agents to call and text and send a follow-up personalized email. So we do the bulk email for our agents, and then they have to call, text, email from there. But by having the physical invitation and the emailed invitation go out first, it's a lot easier when you then make that first phone call because now it's, hey, Brian, I want to follow up, make sure you got the invitation to our barbecue you know, that we're doing next month. Like That's a, a much easier phone call if I've primed you by having a text or by having a, uh, an email and a physical piece of mail land in your mailbox. So we call. And then the beauty of it is, I honestly don't care if they come to the event. Like if they come to the event, great, we'll hang out. But if they don't, but I got them on the phone, like that was all I wanted anyway. It was like, let me just get in conversation and let me just forward Brian, right? Family, occupation, recreation, dreams. Like, let me just have a, a conversation with Brian, see how he's doing. How's Victoria? How's the kids, right? Any vacations you guys are doing? Like, what do you got going on in your life? Because that's all I need is I just need to be in relationship with Brian. And if it, that relationship is built over the phone call, cool. If they come to the event, that's cool too. But the whole point is just to get in conversation with everybody in our database on a quarterly basis. 
So mailed invitation, emailed invitation, and then a personal call text email. Cool. And so you do that four times a year. That's five hits for each event. Like that's 20 touches in itself. There's a um, Gary Keller, Keller Williams came up with something years ago called like the 33 touch program. I thought that was great. Like 33, 33 touches was really good when he came out with that. Now today it's got to be far more than that because like we're doing all these manual touches, but there's so many automated touches happening with we do um, retargeting. It's literally hitting them every single day. Um, we do brand retargeting. We do property retargeting. Like we do a lot of stuff to stay in their feed with ads. Um, we're doing that regularly. And then the other thing, you know, to add to this list, Brian, is that we do, um, you know, we started out with viral marketing. Our, um, Frank Klesitz over there, great guy, got us up and running, sending out two video emails a month. He has a really cool service, highly recommend it. Um, now we just do it all internally, but we're now sending... We at weekly right now. Yep. Yep. So we're at weekly emails that go out to our database, and most of those are video emails, things like a buyer tip, a seller tip, a market update, that kind of stuff. Um, but we have an email that's getting in front of our database on a weekly basis. You could start with monthly, or you could start with you know uh, biweekly, but you need to consistently get in front of your clients, ideally with video. Viral can help do that for you, um, or you could all do it manually too. Like that's cool, um, but getting those emails out like that, that's another 52 touches, right? Just via the emails. Then you have the, again, the, the, all these things add up together, like probably about a hundred. And yeah. then you have the retargeting that's literally running every single day. So I would argue that you have to do the 33 touch used to be an annual thing. Now it's a monthly thing. That's fair. Um, before we go to the next, I, I want to, I want you to kind of noodle on this before we get to it. I want to hear, what I have a house in Tennessee now. Noodling is like a totally different meaning there. Yeah. I saw it on a uh, TV show where they made fun of this guy who's like, I got a noodle on it. I'm like, actually, I, I, I need that. That's, that's, my, uh, that's my new phrase. But uh, I want to know, what is the script? What do you say when you ask for, um, when you're on the phone and say, hey, if you know anyone that's looking to buy or sell, let me know. Is that what you say? Does it never come up? Do you ask it, but in a different way? I think it typically organically happens. I'm not so, and there's, there's arguments to go both ways. Like close, there's a, I literally preach this with some things, close mouths, don't get fed. Shout out Con Chapman, uh, the epitome <laughs> of that. Um, close mouths, don't get fed. So like, if you don't ask, you won't get. But I've just found that as long as I'm in relationship with people, um, the, the real estate conversation, it's going to come up, right? Because the, the thing that I've learned and just life in general is if I want to tell you something, I'm going to ask you the question that I am hoping you will ask me. And if I want to tell you something, I don't want to just like outwardly tell you, I want you to ask me a question. So I'm, I'm kind of setting it up for you to ask me a question so I can tell you what I want to tell you, but at least you're asking me the question. So if I want to tell somebody how great work is going, guess what? Brian, how's work going? And you're going to be like, oh, it's cool. Da, da, da. How's it going for you? Oh, guess what? I get to tell you what I want to tell mm -hmm. you now, right? So like naturally when you hit the occupation side of that Ford script um, or there's a, a variation frog, family, recreation, occupation, goals is like a, a variation. So there's Ford and frog, basically the same thing. When I hit that O section, which is the occupation side of it, and I ask Brian, how's this photography business going? Brian is naturally going to ask me about real estate, right? And more often than not, it's how's the market. 
right? Or, or he's going to say like, how are interest rates affecting the market? Or I hear there's no inventory, right? Like he's going to bring it up and now we're going to have a conversation. And that's usually where if there's a real estate opportunity, that's usually where it's going to come in. And what ends up happening is you get, oh, you know what, Brian? I was going to actually, I was going to call you this, that, right? Mm -hmm. Something comes up there inevitably. Okay, cool. Um, last one I want to touch on about this client retention. Uh, this one is uh, probably a, one, a, one of the easier ones. Uh, it's not free, um, but it's one of the easier ones and one of the more impactful ones. Talk about gifting. Yeah. So we use a service called Client Giant. Um, I have a discount code for that too. So DM me and I'll, I'll hook you up if you want it. Um, I've been to events where there's these people that get put on stage and they talk about all these like super thoughtful gifts. They're so fucking good at it. I'm just not thoughtful. Like that's just, I'm, I'm really thoughtful. You give me a spreadsheet. I'm really thoughtful. But the, that side of it, like I'm just not the best gifter. I'm not good at it. Ask my wife. I'm not a, a the best <laughs> gifter. I just know if I go to the store, I get her flowers and she's happy. That, that's what I know. Um, I never go to the grocery store and come home without flowers. Like just very easy. That, so that's every single time I systemize it. Yeah. I'm just systematic. Kyle's I like, I, I also never store, go to the grocery store anymore. I barely go. <laughs> but if I do, I'm always bringing some flowers home. Um, that's, that's my system. I, I, like I need that. a system around everything. Um, your, your girlfriend, wife, husband, whatever. Like nobody's ever mad. They got some flowers. Um, people always appreciate that. So because I'm not good with gifting, I wanted to build a, a system. Again, I want to systemize everything. Um, and so I learned about this company called Client Giant. That they do a lot of different things, but the primary thing that we work with them on is getting a gift out to our database on a quarterly basis. They have a $100 a year option, and then they have a, an upgraded option too. So if you have like VVIPs, right, like people that are extremely likely to repeat or refer business to you, um, I think that's $350 a year, if I'm not mistaken, for the elevated version. But for a hundred bucks a year, they'll send a gift out to your clients every quarter. And the cool thing is if you study gifting, the, I wouldn't, the, it's not the worst thing, but it's not the best thing to only gift when gifts are expected, which means like you gift on birthday or Christmas or whatever, right? Like those are expected gift dates. But the problem is on expected gift dates, you're one of many gifts. When you do gifts that are unexpected dates, then you're the only gift. And so they do four gifts a year. They're always very thoughtful, very timely gifts based on what's happening in the world at that time and the seasonality and stuff like that. So um, they're really good about that. And then they give a little personalized letter that goes with it where it'll say like, hey, Brian Victoria, as we, we you know, come into the summer months, I wanted you to have this gift. I think it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but they are thoughtful, so I don't have to be thoughtful. Um, and they just make sure it goes out consistently every quarter because if it's up to me to do it, I'm probably not going to do it on a consistent basis. So they take that off my plate and then they have other stuff too that you could do like for your transaction. So you could, you go pending on a transaction and they have a whole series of gifts that can go out throughout the process to really elevate that experience for clients. Um, I just looked it up as of now, their top of mind plus is 250 a 250, year. 250, not 350. Okay. Um, and there's such good people yeah. like uh, I, we set aside to say, okay, how can we do this in-house? We do a lot of things in-house. We have our media team, our marketing team, our transaction team, our uh, 
ISA, we have so many teams in-house. And we said, let's do this in-house. And that's why they sat on me through like three or four Zoom calls. And say, okay, well, you got to look at this, look at this. And they say, we can do this for you, but if you want to build it out, here's our playbook. Don't forget about this. And they walked me through it, and we ended up going, cool, we're going to use you. Uh, that's that's what we found out after a whole quarter of trying to figure this out uh, for this recurring gifting. Um, they have it literally dialed down to science. And I don't know if they do this to you, but they do it to me. Every once in a while, I'll get a little gift from them of like literally, and it's not within their stuff, but I just got a nice bottle of olive oil. Literally every time I cook, I'm like, thanks, Jay. And so like stupid stuff like that. I know it's a system. I know their business model. I still am like, that was very kind of you. And so even knowing that I'm, I'm in, integrated in there, it's still madly appreciated. So gifting, again, super simple. If the client ended up, you never want to communicate with them. It's really easy to pull them off. They give you a warning saying, hey, this is what we're going to send out. And if you're like, no, don't send that because my clients hate that thing, you can, you can stop it. It's great. Uh, but this is not an ad for Client Giant. Should be, but it's not. Uh, client Giant, you can cut this and then put it as an ad. You got to test like more. This one so much, I, actually invested into I was prepping for later. Okay. Um, cool. So the the way to build your client retention system, and you should build this out to kind of have it systematized. Um, you don't have to say systematized. It's, it's it is, unnecessary. Is okay. So you need to have these pillars: social media, social media, uh, some sort of home value proposition like HomeBot. Uh, quarterly outreach with calls, text, and emails. Um, and we utilize a, a client event to make sure that's not just like, hey, how are you doing? Good, I'll call you in another three months. We build client events around that. Uh, retargeting, we utilize Ylopo for that. Weekly emails that we send out. Uh, Frank Klesitz with Viral, V-Y-R-A-L, has a great system for that. We want, and it he makes it so simple. Uh, we were looking beyond simple and we wanted to make it very, very, very customized. And so that's why we brought it in-house. But the cost of sending mail or email and A-B testing it and building it is uh, probably about equal to what viral marketing does and they do it for you. And then uh, gifting, utilizing a company like Client Giant or doing it yourself if that is your jam um, to give clients quarterly gifts to say, hey, I'm thinking about you. Do we miss anything? Sounds good to me. That's really good. And when you build that, just make sure you build it to where you have uh, each kind of pillar has its own little marketing plan. So it's not, you don't get to the end of the year and go, oh shit, I forgot to do Client Giant. Well, that one's easy. You just set it up once and it's easy. But yeah. oh, I forgot to do this. Make sure you build a little marketing plan for each of those pillars yeah. and you will have a legit client retention and repeat and referral business. And two last things on that. Uh, one, we talked about like retargeting. Um, we use Ylopo and Whitley for the retargeting stuff. So Ylopo for the property retargeting and Whitley for brand retargeting. So we use those. And then the last thing is like when you hear all this, you're probably like, fuck that. That's too much. Like that's where we are having done this for 15 plus years. Like. Don't compare your chapter one to our chapter 15. Like, just start with chapter one. Just add one of those. Like, if right now you're starting at zero, any one of those gets you right up the ladder. So just start moving in the right direction. You don't need to implement all the stuff tomorrow. Picking the pieces out of it that make sense for you, for your business, where it's at, and then just, you know, add to it over time just like we have. Yep. So I don't want you to be intimidated and be like, oh, I can't do all that. We didn't do all that overnight either. True. 
Awesome. Well, hopefully you guys got some value out of that. If you did, if uh, you're listening on a podcast platform, make sure to subscribe. And if you can write a little review for us, that means a lot. Those are very valuable in the podcast world. And if you are uh, watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, a little notification bell. And that way you'll get notified whenever you drop a new episode. If you enjoy the content, hit the thumbs up. And if you have a question, throw it in the comment section. And we always reply uh, to those comments personally uh, with any questions that you might have to follow up. So before we wrap the show today, we want to finish with what we call our whistle widget of the week. It's something that either saves us time, makes us more money, or just helps us have more fun. My widget this week is we're looking for a way to uh, take payments for different things. Um, and I wasn't liking going to our finance director, asking them to invoice this person for this, and, and especially for reoccurring payments. It really got to be a pain in the ass. We utilize... They, they call these payment gateways, and there's um, PayPal, which bought Braintree, which we've used in the past. Um, but what I really like um, for our payment gateway is Stripe. So if you're looking for something, you're selling a course, or you're doing coaching, or uh, anything like that, what's great about Stripe is, one, it's, it's really easy to use for the most part. It's easy to set up an account, easy to set up a recurring payment, easy to set up different products, um, easy to separate it. What's also really great is if a transaction fails, it'll retry the transaction in three days and then two days and then four days. And it kind of does that over and over uh, until I think it tries it three or four times before it stops. And so if um, someone, maybe they're, they've reached their limit, they just bought a car literally yesterday and they have to pay it off tomorrow. Um, I don't know why you'd put it on a credit card, but whatever. Uh, it'll try it again over the course of a week or so so that... Uh, when I'm going through and I'm looking at transactions that have failed, most of the times when I go back, they're already they're already good to go unless the card has failed. So Stripe is the payment gateway that I really like to use. Cool. Um, the one I'm going to talk about today is one we've actually been using for a while. Um, we've actually talked about it on here before, but this app has evolved significantly. So uh, the app's called Captions, and we have... Uh, talked about it before in this section because it's a really easy way to add captions to your videos, which is very valuable because a lot of times people are uh, going through especially short form videos and they don't have the ability to turn on the volume. Like they might be in bed or in the bathroom. Yes, people watch your videos while they're in the bathroom. Um, but if you can put some text on the screens, captions, they can understand what the video is about even without listening to it. So it's very valuable to do that. But this app's been evolving a lot. So there's a few things that they've added to it that I think are really cool. Um, I'll give you a couple examples. One of them, it has a teleprompter built into it. So if you build a script, you can put it in as a teleprompter. And then what's cool is you hold your phone up and you hit record, you're recording the video, your phone is recording you talking with the teleprompt on the phone at the same time, which is pretty freaking cool. So you have your teleprompter and your camera simultaneously working on your phone, you don't even need a second device, and it, now you're staring right at your teleprompter, which is at the top of your phone, which is right where your camera is. So it's a cool way, if you're gonna use a teleprompter, this is probably the best way that I know of, because it's teleprompting on the phone, as opposed to on a separate device, and now your eyes are going off to the side, which looks like shit. So it has that. Um, it has something called AI dubbing. So you could take a video that you shot here in um, in English and then dub it, and it'll auto-translate everything in there utilizing AI, which translates very cleanly. Um, and then you could put it into Spanish, for example, and now you could have Spanish captions during your English video for those 
um, that are in other areas. There's another app we've talked about called Opus Clip before where it'll take a long video and clip short videos out of it. That's also built into captions now. So there's like so many things you can do all within a single app, which I'm a huge fan of minimizing the number of apps I use. So if I can add captions, I can teleprompt, I can translate, dub, clip shorts all in a single app, super valuable, and that's the captions app. Very cool. Awesome. Well, hopefully you guys got some value out of the show today. Uh, and if you did, again, hook us up with a review on the podcast platform. Subscribe on YouTube. Those things help us out a lot. I'm Kyle Whistle with EXP Realty. I'm Brian Kochi. We'll see you next week.